You're listening to the Eagle Air Broadcast, a virtual Winthrop Day. I'm Joseph Casco, alongside my partner, Mark Nortz. And we're joined now by Ryan Brooks. He's a political reporter at BuzzFeed and a 2017 graduate of Winthrop as a mass comm and political science major. Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. So first, just tell us your Winthrop story. How did you end up at Winthrop and, and what was that like? Yeah, absolutely. So I knew that I wanted to go into journalism uh, from the eighth grade. Um, and that was a decision that I didn't want to sit at a desk every day and do the same thing. Um, and so I knew that I wanted to do something like that. And I knew that I was a, a, a decent writer at the time in the eighth grade. And so I, I chose to go into journalism and I wanted to stick in state. Um, I applied to both uh, USC and Winthrop. And I ended up deciding to come to Winthrop. I visited the campus, uh, I believe it was my junior year of high school, and I just felt at home, uh, just on Scholar's Walk. Um, it just felt like a place that, like, you would be able to get a great experience with your professors because it's such a small uh, school. Um, so your professors know who you are. And you felt that, like, even on campus during, like, my junior year of high school, um, I was able to get that sense of that. Um, so ended up coming my senior, uh, ended up applying my senior year and, and decided to go to Winthrop after that. So being a political reporter seems like the perfect combination of not one, but both of your majors at mm -hmm. Winthrop, mass comm and political science. Just tell us how Winthrop and the experience of both being mass comm and poli sci helped prepare you for where you are and what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. So I did not know that I was going to go into poli-sci uh, when I uh, started at Winthrop. I was just a, a mass comm major. Um, uh, when I was at Winthrop, they had you take a uh, well, state and local politics class as a part of the journalism courses, and then you had to take uh, political science. Uh, I think it was 101. Uh, and so I ended up taking those. I ended up loving the classes and from there, I just continued those classes with uh, Professor Dr. Belk and then a uh, Dr. Holder, uh, who are in the, the poli-sci department there. And, and I loved those classes and uh, looked up my senior year and I had one more class to take to add the major. So I ended up doing that. Um, but those classes have helped out a lot um, as I've started here at BuzzFeed. I just finished up reporting on my first primary election uh, which was the Democratic primary for president. Uh, and I was out in Iowa and we did mock caucuses like during my poli-sci classes. And those were super helpful uh, when it came to all of this. And just like learning the, the basic skills of writing and, and having to do that quickly when it comes to those, uh, when it comes to the AP style tests and everything that just like sort of like gets your speed up for having to like write in the moment when news is breaking. Um, and those things have been like super helpful uh, at the start of my career here. Um, you're always going to learn things on the job, but it's 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 great to have sort of like a skill set already um, when it comes to things like that. So, what do you think turned the tide for you of becoming interested in politics? Uh, I think it, it's just sort of like a job, like where things change really quickly. So like I said, like in the eighth grade, like I knew that I didn't want to sit at a desk and write the same thing every day. Um, and, and things are always changing in politics. And, and during college, like in those poli sci classes, like you learn about like how 
politics like influences people and how these different like groups and movements are creating like change like in the system and it's it's super interesting to cover that sort of stuff so um what i typically cover uh at buzzfeed is like younger voters uh so people that are like fresh out of college or still in college and and i focus pretty much on like uh democrats that's my beat is like the the it was the democratic primary so we're all in that sort of beat um and i covered the bernie sanders campaign and and how young voters were interacting with the biden campaign too um so i got to spend some time out in iowa on the trail with like voters who were canvassing and out in new hampshire and nevada and other places like that too um it's just super interesting to sort of like notice and talk to these people out out on the trail about how they're moving and shifting politics like even at the grassroots level when they're so young so you are going to be a name i drop to my students when i bring up things that you might be asked to cover when you leave college and i say you should at least start to familiarize yourself with politics Mm-hmm. And and I hear all the time from students, oh, I hate politics, I'm not interested. And I always say, mm-hmm. you're going to be asked to cover a wide range of topics, especially at the local level. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you're. I'm now going to add you to a name I drop in as an example of that. Yeah. Uh, well, no let's worry. let's talk about the election and mm-hmm. young voters, since you're definitely well connected in that area. Are, are you surprised at how th- quickly things changed? in the Democratic primary? I mean, how quickly it went from looking like Bernie Sanders being the front runner to mm-hmm. Joe Biden. And of course, that that U-turn happened here in South Carolina, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think like it wasn't much of a surprise for me just because like I knew South Carolina politics so much. Um, so it, it was super interesting to sort of like see it sort of like coalesce so quickly after the South Carolina primary. I wasn't expecting it to happen that quickly. Um, but like, it was, it was sort of like in the cards, um, for Biden, uh, to win South Carolina because there's such a, like a large, uh, percentage of like African-American voters in the state and the state's voters tend to be like older African-American voters, um, who aren't, who aren't typically like the, the typical Bernie supporter, um, when it comes down to polling. So I think it wasn't much of a surprise there. I think the surprise was when it came to South Carolina, how close Tom Steyer was in polling to him, like leading up to the election. Um, so I spent a lot of time with Tom Steyer, like out on the trail uh, when he was in South Carolina, um, just to see what was happening there. Um, other than that, I think Biden has always sort of like, was sort of like the front runner from the start of the race. And uh, there's a conversation happening now about uh, New Hampshire and Iowa not being like representative of the country as a whole, just because they're not as reflective when it comes to uh, the race of the electorate uh, for the entire Democratic Party. So uh, there's a conversation there that's happening. And uh, it's just interesting to sort of like see South Carolina like have play this like outsized role in the primary now. Um, there's definitely like conversations happening about moving the state up in the primary elections. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco, Mark Nortz here with you throughout the day. And we're speaking with Ryan Brooks, a political reporter at BuzzFeed. He's a 2017 graduate of Winthrop University who majored in both mass comm and political science. 
Ryan, we talked to a guy I'm sure you're familiar with, Dr. Scott Huffman, the director mm-hmm. of the Winthrop Poll. And we were talking about the South Carolina primary and the race and the, you know, the Democratic field. And one thing he expressed was being surprised at how wide the margin was for Biden in mm-hmm. South Carolina. Um, being that you just mentioned you spent some time with Tom Steyer, he was polling fairly well. I mean, if I remember right, a couple of days before the primary, he was in the like the 15 percent neighborhood. Of course, mm-hmm. he had spent a lot of money. Um, what was your reaction to just the way it it shook out when it finally did happen and how wide the margin was for Biden? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there's not even any thinking about it. Like Representative Clyburn's endorsement did what it was supposed to do for Biden uh, when it came down to the state. If you look at exit polls, like a lot of people said that they were waiting to see who he would endorse. Uh, there was a lot of talk when it came to other candidates who had dropped out prior to the race, um, who might've been a threat to Biden when it came to that. Um, but those people dropped out and, and support sort of like started to coalesce behind him in the early days of that and, and the early days ahead of the primary. Uh, but I think again, uh, Representative Clyburn's endorsement basically like bought Joe Biden that nomination uh, when it came to South Carolina. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think uh, will happen with younger voters come November? Do you think they'll they'll have the same level of excitement that perhaps they had for the Sanders campaign? Do you think they'll turn out for a guy like Joe Biden? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I actually just did some reporting on this uh, for a story I did on younger voters and how they're feeling uh, right now. And uh, I mean, throughout the primary, like, uh, people said that they weren't going to be as excited for Joe Biden, but I don't see people sitting out of the race uh, to not vote for him. I mean, like the campaign has already started to turn towards younger voters and talk to them more directly than they did during the entire campaign. Uh, and that's happening over video calls right now and and groups like Justice Democrats and uh, the Sunrise Movement and and these other like youth-focused groups are sort of like trying to push the campaign in a more leftward direction that will that'll be more palatable to younger voters uh, who were on sort of like Bernie's side throughout the primary. Um, but I don't see them sort of like sitting out and not voting at all. When you travel across the country and you meet people and interview people, do you encounter many people out there with ties to Winthrop? Uh, so the place I've uh, actually had ties was uh, at a press check-in in South Carolina that was in Columbia. I had no clue uh, who I would be seeing there, but uh, the people that ended up checking me in, I didn't grab their names just because I was like in a rush to go to the press bin, uh, but they were Winthrop alumni, and that was pretty cool to see there. And then there are a few other Winthrop alumni that are in like the politics arena too. Um, there's a person that graduated in 2016. Her name's Ayanna Crawford. Uh, she was a part of the Tom Steyer campaign. Hmm. Uh, so that was super interesting. I have uh, bumped into people uh, who graduated in 2015, like out on the trail. Like they were Warren staffers. So, I mean, it's it's always super interesting. And then like you always find those people that like remembered that Winthrop was in uh, the NCAA tournament. Um, and they'll remember Winthrop from there, uh, just from the basketball team. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Winthrop moment or a quintessential Winthrop story that you might share with us? Uh, I think like 
honestly, the whole Winthrop experience, like, sort of, like, ties itself together. Um, I think throughout my time there, like, my my journalism, uh, the class of 2017, like, the journalism students there, uh, we're all super close, um, and we're all still seem to be super close. Um, we always encourage each other to do whatever we're, we're looking to do. Um, I still keep in contact with a lot of them, and I think the quintessential moment about Winthrop for me is that bond. Um, it's that small class size that, like, sort of, like, keeps you together um, and wants you and pushes you to root for uh, the people in your class to, to sort of, like, go as far as they can go. Um, it's great seeing alums like Catherine Lowe, like, doing what she's doing down in Charleston, um, Alina Abedin, who was a, uh, I believe, a PR uh, student. She's doing stuff. She's done work with Google. It's, it's interesting to sort of see what she's been up to. Um, there are alums, like, that I've met on the trail at uh, at Warren events and, and sort of, like, even the South Carolina press at large, like, knows who you are. Um, when you're at a school like this and they remember your face and uh, people that were at the Herald like have remembered me and, and talked to me at Warren events that I went to in South Carolina too. Um, so you create like this sort of like this community that's like bigger than Winthrop in and of itself when you sort of like join the program. Very cool. Um, yeah. One last thing we've been asking people about the music they've been listening to. Eagle Air, of course, is a music station where building what we're calling a pandemic playlist. So we're asking for recommendations of something that, that people can use as an escape. What's a song or two or an artist that you might recommend to someone uh, that they can use to pass the time as we're all stuck inside a lot more often than we're accustomed to? Yeah, absolutely. I've been listening to the new Fiona, the new Fiona Apple album a lot lately. Uh, that's been really good. And then I have another playlist that I usually use for work since I'm like basically like working from my apartment these days. It's an iced coffee in the morning playlist, which I made. Um, and I can send that over to you if you want that. So give us uh, give us a couple of your favorite ones on the, on that playlist. Uh, I would say Chanel by Frank Ocean is good on there. Uh, a lot of Solange music and relay on the Fiona Apple. The new Fiona Apple album is really good. Very good. Thank yeah. you for those uh, those recommendations. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. That was Ryan Brooks, political reporter at BuzzFeed and a 2017 graduate of Winthrop University. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day.